Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. In a lot of these relationships, the person who again is, um, you know, is the earner, they often will devalue that person whose career has been at home. And sometimes, and I'm gonna say she, cause it often is, not always, but she starts to believe that, that she doesn't deserve these assets, that she doesn't deserve some child support, al, you know, alimony, spousal support. And, you know, this is where, quite frankly, working with someone like you, Karen, or one of your colleagues is so important because she's received sometimes decades worth of berating, demeaning messages about her value, her worth, and has internalized it. So there's a lot of unpacking and healing that has to happen for her to be able to move forward and, and advocate because when the, the law is the law. Welcome back to Journey Beyond Divorce. We have a special uh, episode today um, called When Wealth and High Conflict Divorce Intersect the Financial Essentials. And with high conflict divorce comes so many significant challenges, legally, emotionally, financially. When wealth is added to the mix, the complexities can feel just astronomical. These complexities come in the form of financial control and withholding, a complicated high risk or international investments, um, multiple real estate holdings. It comes in the form of um, manipulation, um, uh, questionable behavior in terms of how finances have been handled. Education is vital in these cases. And today we have one of the best financial experts I know here to explain what you need to know um, and what kind of support you need uh, to be able to go through this to make every effort to ensure that um, that you're working toward a fair settlement by being informed and supported powerfully by people whose expertise match your needs. With me today is my dear friend, Stacy Francis. She's a powerhouse. Uh, Stacy is nationally recognized, a financial expert with over 18 years of experience in the financial industry. She is a certified financial planner, a certified divorce financial analyst, and a divorce financial strategist. Stacy is also one of 20 of the nation's leading wealth managers on CNBC's Digital Financial Advisory Council. And she frequently appears in media outlets such as CNN, PBS, The Wall Street Journal, 
and USA Today. With no further ado, welcome, Stacy. Thank you, Karen. And I am so jazzed about this topic because um, high, con- high conflict uh, divorce, I mean, divorce is hard enough, but then you add high conflict and then let's just layer complex assets on top and you have a recipe for potentially a pretty uh, difficult journey. So um, I'm very excited to talk a little bit about this and hopefully everybody listening, I can, I mean, I can guarantee you're going to be learning a lot. Yeah, and and I'm just going to say to the audience, uh, in in the show notes is a link to another interview that I did with Stacy just on um, assets distribution, all that you need to know in high net. So we're not going to get as deep into the details of all of those assets today, um, but you will find that in the show notes. So definitely click and li- listen to that show as well. Today, Stacy and I really want to be talking about the various ways. Um, that that layering of wealth on top of high conflict can really um, go sideways if you're not educated and supported in the right way. And so, you know, let's just start with, um, for me and our team at Journey Beyond, we deal with so many individuals who are emerging from these high conflict marriages. And so, um, their self-esteem is really been battered. Uh, many, especially of the women, have been um, the finances have been hidden from them so much so that many of our clients refer to his money and his assets yeah. and his finances. And as coaches, you know, one of our first things is start replacing his with ours just to just to get into that mindset because you've been out of it for so long. And so when we deal with somebody who's been in a marriage for potentially decades with uh, maybe an allowance, um, no real sense, no access, no passwords. Um, And then they decide to leave. One of the first things we see so often is that danger of all the finances being shut down. Um, And so if we could talk a little bit about from your perspective, when that person comes to you, what unfolds and what kind of support do you give them? Yeah, it's a great question. And, um, you know, we we see uh, uh, typically in most marriages, one person is in really the driver's seat of of the finances. Um, but also I see in a lot of high net worth marriages where there are lots of assets, um, the other spouse, they may not be in the passenger seat. They may not even be in the back seat. They might even not even be in the the car, because they have been really excluded from the finances. And when I say excluded, um, you know, not really having any insight into what the real income is, what the real spending is, and and what the assets are. That is a very difficult position to be in. Um, and a very scary position for for a lot of individuals. That's the number one reason they don't leave a marriage. Um, and so, reaching out before you decide to file is very important, so that you can start to put the pieces in place to get the information you need. Um, one of the things you can do is reach out to a CDFA, Certified Divorce Financial Analyst reach out to a matrimonial attorney. Reaching out to those two people doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to get a divorce or a separation. It's really just about 
getting empowered and understanding what are the things that I need to be doing? What do I need to learn? And it should, you know, from that day forward, think of yourself as Sherlock Holmes. In fact, for for Halloween, I dressed up as Sherlock Holmes just to like make this point. Um, And, you know, really trying to get as much information, looking at the mail, which financial institutions are sending you mail. Um, You know, if your husband leaves the computer open and it happens to be on the Vanguard website, what do you guys have at Vanguard? So that you can start to write these things down and have some type of a, a, a paper trail of what the assets really are. Right. Yeah, because someone could be living um, in a beautiful home, driving a beautiful yeah. car, going on great vacations. There might be one or two vacation homes. And so they're they're living, they, they know we're living a certain lifestyle, but that's kind of the end of their knowing. And, and, and of course, you know, it's not yours, it's mine. And so I I agree with you completely, like getting educated up front and getting empowered and the two people, right? So people come to us. And the first thing I say is before you, before you tell, um, speak to a financial person and let's get you some basic understanding of your legal rights because yeah. what he or she has been telling you isn't necessarily what's real. That's just their perspective. Yeah. And and I'm really glad that you brought that up because a lot of times these are not healthy relationships and there's often um, gaslighting, misinformation, um, and what you're being told is in many cases not the reality of what would happen if you ended up uh, leaving. It doesn't matter who earned the money during the marriage. And if you're married to a spouse that was the one that brought in you know, the majority of the income and then the savings, um, it's marital assets. It's just as much yours as theirs. And don't let them tell you, well, you know, the retirement account is titled in my name. It's mine. You don't get any of that. That's bullpucky. It's not true. That's that's a Michigander wording that I have there. It, <laughs> it, um, it, it's really not true. It, it doesn't matter whose name is on the account. Doesn't matter whose name is on the house. If it was bought during the marriage with proceeds from earnings during the marriage, it's it's marital property. And and the other thing is there's, you know, in in a lot of these relationships, the person who again is um, you know, is the earner, they often will devalue that person whose career has been at home. And sometimes, and I'm gonna say she, because it often is, not always, but she starts to believe that that she doesn't deserve these assets, that she doesn't deserve child support, you know, alimony, spousal support. And, you know, this is where, quite frankly, working with someone like you, Karen, or one of your colleagues is so important because she's received sometimes decades worth of berating, demeaning messages about her value, her worth, and has internalized it. So there's a lot of unpacking and healing 
that has to happen for her to be able to move forward and, and advocate because when the, the law is the law, right? The law is the law. And the final thing I will say, because I know you have lots to say about this too, is for her to think about what if she was the person who was earning mm. and he stayed home, right? Does it mean that he would have to be financially destitute for the rest of his life? No. And nor should you. So that's really important just to kind of unpack and, and work through some of those things. Yeah. And I think that um, I love, it's just very simple. The law is the law. And I often find uh, clients in this situation who in the beginning tend to listen to their soon to be ex over their attorney. And so yeah. your attorney and your financial planner, this is their nine to five Monday through Friday. They know this information like the back of their hand, your spouse, whether they're gaslighting you and manipulating you or coming out of their own fear and anxiety about what's going to happen. Unless your spouse is a matrimonial attorney, please do not listen to that person over your attorney. Um, and we also do have an episode on making sure you choose the right attorney if you're um, if you're in that wealth category, because not every attorney um, works in those numbers. And so you really want to both have a financial planner and an attorney who really understand um, the level of um assets and, and net worth that you have so that you're yeah. getting the best work yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so mindset is critical. And in fact, we we're currently designing a program that's called get off the fence and lose, leave your toxic marriage. And we, a lot of it is the baby steps of what to do before you even think about telling to make sure that you're all set up. And so that's one of the areas that we're looking at today is those, those individuals who uh, really don't know and need to be um, educated and supported. Then we have another situation uh, that I would love for you to talk a little bit about, Stacey, where uh, you've been living this lavish life. You know that your spouse makes really good money, but there's been, um, as you put it, unsustainable financial behavior going on. And so the expectation of the non-moneyed spouse can actually um, be... Uh, yeah be out of, out of touch with what's really coming yeah. in the door. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I see this in um, so many of the cases that we, we work on where um, for many different reasons, often it's because, you know, originally the high earning spouse was earning $2 million a year and, um, you know, they've been let go and and now they're earning $400,000 a year, which, you know, for many parts in America, that's a, that's a phenomenal, wonderful paycheck. Um, but if your spending is to the tune of, of $50,000 a month, um, you know, that that $400,000 is is barely going to cover after tax, um, you know, not even half, not even half of, of what what your lifestyle costs. And what many um, people are doing um, is that they're dipping into their savings or they're refinancing their home, not once, 
but twice. They might be taking out a home equity line of credit. We found individuals even taking loans on their 401k, or if they have a brokerage account with with money in it, um, taking margin loans on that. And it's kind of like one of these things of like, okay, I'm I'm sure my income's going to go up eventually, and we're just going to continue to spend the way that we have spending. Sometimes the non-moneyed spouse knows about it. Sometimes they don't. And it can be a very bitter pill to swallow. Number one, realizing that that's the situation of, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We're depleting all of our assets. Why are we, why are we going on net jets for vacation? Why are we not traveling coach? So there's that, but then there's another bitter pill for that person, for the person who says, well, that's fine, but if we were living that lifestyle and dipping in, it must be fine and you you condoned it, you did it, you have to support me. You have to support me going forward to that same standard yeah. of living. and. You know, Karen, I get the conversation. You know, your lawyer will say, you know, don't reduce your expenses. Make sure your expenses stay high. It will give us the best chance of child support higher, the best chance of spousal support higher. But, you know, I also believe that, you know, if you need to make a little extra money, you know, the way to do that is not throwing yourself in front of a car, hoping that you get a nice, you know, medical settlement, right? Keep yourself healthy, keep your finances healthy. And so unfortunately, um, the reality is, is that that lifestyle you had, you shouldn't have had it before. That was not a a smart long-term thing to do. And going forward, now that that one $400,000 income is supporting now two households, you know, the expectation that that lifestyle is gonna continue uh, unfortunately, it's just not realistic. It's just not realistic. And so that is something that that I do see. And I, I see hundreds of thousands of dollars being spent in legal fees battling over this. So let's battling talk about the this. let's talk about the upside of someone listening to your advice on that. So that's a bitter pill to swallow. But let's say, you know, you're talking to me and I'm like, OK, I want to do the right thing. I want to have money for myself and my kids going forward. My attorney's saying keep it at this level for this reason. You're saying financially that actually is is ill advised um, come within come in line with what's realistic. So for the client who does come in line with what's realistic, what's the, what is the, um, the benefit, the upside of doing that? How does that unfold differently? Yeah. So I, I actually working with a woman, um, just yesterday, I delivered her financial plan and, um, based on the assets of the marriage and what she realistically can expect in child support and spousal support, um, she's going to go bankrupt at age 76, which is in about uh, 15 years. And this is even with her like going back to work. So, um, and, and she, she has, she's, she's walking away with um, a lot in assets, about 2.5 million. But, but Karen, 
because of the level of her spending, that's that's what's doing it, right? That's what's causing the 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 drop off so quickly. And whenever I deliver a plan like that, Karen, um, I, I feel like I'm going to be doing a public speech um, naked. I'm like that nervous because I'm like, this is bad news. And but can I tell you, Karen, she hats off to her. She said, you know what? This is okay. I'm going to go through and I'm going to really look at each of these categories of what is my life going to really be that I really need going forward. The second thing she said is, you know what? If my business, if I'm not up to you know, X amount per year in earnings in the next three years, I will go to corporate America and I can easily pull in $300,000 a year. I'm happy to work longer. She, she had her children a little later in life. I'm happy to work longer. So instead of 65 as my retirement date, let's look into my 70s and I'm healthy. And so Karen, wow. Now it doesn't mean, and I'm going to be meeting with her lawyer um, to go over this. It doesn't mean that her lawyer isn't going to advocate for her like she has never advocated for any client. I mean, she is going to, her lawyer's fantastic. But how powerful that this client is saying, I realize that there are only so many assets. There's only so much income. So what can I do to set myself also up? What, what part of this can I, I make myself in a better position long-term? Yeah. It, it, I almost got, I mean, really almost got teary. I'm just, that's, that's the difference it can make. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, that's so powerful. And, and part of what I want to say is the strength of character and right? um, the clarity and the confidence is, it's pretty unique. And when we kind of pivot back to high conflict, where you probably don't have that, where that confidence has been broken down, where it's, I could see someone even going, well, can I even trust Stacy? Like Stacy's giving me such bad news. And so what I want to say to those of you who are in this position is this is where getting uh, coaching and therapeutic support is so valuable because what we really, what our desire, and Stacy and I are so aligned in this, our desire is for each of our clients to live um, just a brilliant, fulfilling life going forward. And Stacy's job is to help you find that financial lane that allows you to um, have the financial support and yet enjoy what you have and be wise and uh, aware. And my desire is that you are um, bolstered emotionally, that you find your future self, that you fall in love with yourself, that you rebuild your confidence. So in talking to people like Stacy, your intuition is such that you know who to trust, you know who's going to be truly advocating for you. And so when you pick your financial planner and your attorney and your divorce coach, all of that you want to keep in mind so that you have a team that really helps you rebuild and get to this place that you're talking about so that you can be like this woman who is, I think, very brave and willing to stand in what is, right? That acceptance yeah. of what is versus what I wish was. Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I, you know, just 
you know, her expenses are what her expenses are. We're not reducing them now um, because, again, that's not really the advice that her lawyer would give her. But she knows once things are final that, you know, she can reduce her expenses and she she feels very comfortable. But the piece about this too, Karen, I mean, and you pointed it out. She's a very special woman. She's, you know, she's done a lot of work. She's actually listened to your podcast. I want to tell you too. Um, she's done a lot of work in healing because it's very hard to have the frame of mind she has if you are so angry at your spouse, right? If you still have those very open wounds, um, you want to make them, you know, you want to make them pay, right? For, for, and, and it doesn't matter if you initiated the divorce or, or your spouse did, um, it's, it can be very difficult, especially in high conflict, because there's been so many, so many losses along the way and so much trauma along the way. Um, it can be very hard to think in a way that it's, you know, not triggering, right? Yeah. That, that you're not being triggered as you're, as you're looking at the hard decisions that sometimes have to be made. Absolutely. And the other thing I would say to those who are listening and, and relate to this particular scenario, please don't beat yourself up. Um, the last thing you need after being beaten and battered and belittled by a spouse is to now go, why did I stay so long? Why didn't I know more about the finances? What's my problem? I'm such an idiot. Please, whatever you do, if your desire is to move forward in your life and uh, become a better and healthier version of yourself, bringing um, self-compassion and gentle kindness to you, every decision you've made, everything you know and you don't know will catapult you forward. Whereas beating yourself up is going to, it's it's going to derail you. It's going to yeah. make everything more difficult. And so you learn what you learn. You come to people like me and my team to navigate. I'm so angry. I'm so hurt. I'm so insecure. I'm so uncertain to get back on solid ground. All of that has to happen with self-compassion. Yeah. And, and also just knowing to, I mean, do not judge yourself in this. Studies have shown that it takes seven to eight times, seven to eight tries before women are actually able to successfully leave a marriage where there has been financial abuse, which I will tell you, Many more people are are victims, and I will now say survivors of financial abuse than than you realize. All these pieces of not being allowed access to the money, knowledge, all of that that comes under financial abuse, and it's very difficult to leave those relationships. It really is, and you know, my grandmother never did. And she was very, um, she was financially trapped and her situation was, was awful. Um, there was financial abuse and there was physical abuse and it, you know, actually was so violent that she ended up passing away. So, you know, what I'm, I'm sharing is that leaving is not easy. Get that support and, 
and just know that that we're all doing the best we can right we're all doing the best we can with with the day-to-day lives that we have and i think whatever whatever your fear is i i, I could virtually guarantee that better days are ahead if you put a yeah. good support team together and you navigate this with um with a real effort on on healing yourself and getting clear and confident your best days will be ahead of you exactly i am i i interviewed 150 women and i wrote a book called unveiling the unspoken truth and it's all about the financial challenges women face during and and after divorce And one of the questions was, if you had to do it over again, would you get divorced? And every single answer was, yes, my life is better. Yep. And And we have our Voices of Celebration series, which I think there's like over 25 of them. And every interview is, I was scared to death. I thought it was the worst thing in the world that was happening to me. And now whatever that looks like, I'm better. My life is better. My kids are better. Yeah, exactly. You've been listening to our podcast, Getting Educated, Regulating Your Emotional Reactions, and it's been really helpful. Yet you know you could do better, be better, and you're wanting and needing more support. That's where our coaching service is a game changer. We're here for you when you need us the most, ensuring you have all the tools and resources at your fingertips, guiding and supporting you to be more effective. Our free rapid relief call helps you gain a broader perspective, commit to your best next steps, and determine what coaching support is right for you. Visit rapidreliefcall.com to book your call today. this uh, another one Stacy that is um, a little bit more unique it's when we have um, the the wife is the primary earner um, and the struggle that happens when after uh, potentially uh, I'm gonna say carrying their spouse a spouse who's actually not, uh, engaged and participating, not that stay at home, you know, great dad who's doing everything. Um, when they find out what they have to do and the splitting of their assets, can we talk about that and how it is uniquely different from your typical household where, um, mom is engaged and working at home and, and dad's earning. So this is um, a really important topic because it's a topic that is um, more and more the norm. Um, the number of breadwinning women is higher than it's ever been in history. It's growing exponentially. And what we see, there was actually a study from University of Chicago that um, marriages with breadwinning wives who make more than their um, spouses are 50% more likely to end in divorce. And um, 
I did a lot of research into, well, why, why is that? I'm actually a breadwinning woman too. My husband does very well. I just make more. Um, and where a lot of it comes from is friction in the marriage, often over household duties. And this, this shocks me, but it's true. Studies have shown that the greater the, the gap in earnings between um, the husband and the wife, the more that she out earns him, the less household work he does, the more she does. So obviously that can create a lot of um, friction. And um, the challenge that she then though faces is that if she does decide that she wants to have a separation or a divorce, the same laws that protect women whose careers are at home, taking care of family, um, those same laws protect him. And that makes sense. But the for, for the woman in this situation, it can be um, devastating to then find themselves in a situation, of course, splitting assets half and half, all marital assets, but then being beholden to writing a child support and a alimony spousal support check to him. And, you know, I'll be honest, Karen, I'm, I'm there too. My husband and I have been talking about um, him potentially retiring sooner than I do. I, I mean, I, I love my job. I'll be coming in in my little wheelchair and, and, and they'll be like, Stace, come on, you got to retire. I, I just, I love what I do. So, so there is going to be a time where he, you know, he's not going to be working at all. And I am, and we're very happily married, but God forbid, you know, in that situation, I, I would, I would have to pay him spousal support. Our kids, you know, are, are nearly independent, but I would have to pay spousal support. And, you know, Karen, that's hard to get your head around, right? That's really hard to get your head around. Um, that it, it isn't true in our relationship, but again, in most of these marriages, that breadwinning woman is the one who still is doing primarily all of the household duties, the, you know, cooking, the dropping the kids off, planning the summer camps, making sure that they're getting the, uh, you know, medical forms for school and all the appointments. Um, and so understandably, there can be a lot of resentment there. Yeah. A lot of resentment. You know, and I think that when we when we speak about high conflict and wealth in a situation like this, um, the woman may be um, a significant caretaker or enabler. And so I've I've worked with clients where it's easier to just leave the status quo. And mm -hmm. yet then when they do finally decide to, okay, this is sucking the life out of me. I'm angry. I'm resentful. And then they find that, wow, what I have created over the last couple of decades is now what I have to sustain because the courts aren't, you know, I always say this divorce court is not about judging you or your spouse is good or bad. Divorce court's really looking at the status quo and maintaining it according to the law in the decisions. And so many, I mean, so few people go to trial, but those who do tend to be in the wealthier category because trial costs so much. 
And then you find that the court, the judge is making a decision or you're negotiating. And if you don't want to go to court, then the decision is going to be to maintain um, what you have created. And if what you've created is enabling an individual to just live large with no responsibilities, that is one of the most bitter pills to, to swallow. Yeah, it is. And I mean, that's something to really think about too, whether, you know, you're the person who's going to step away from your career for, you know, raising the children or as a couple, you decide, you know, you're going to be the breadwinner and you're going to have someone, um, you know, the other parent is going to, to be at home. It's really important to realize that those are, those are big, big decisions um, but Karen, I mean, I see, I've seen this where he stays home and they don't even have children. And, and that's something that bless you really need to be thinking about. And I'm, I'm talking to a, a younger client that we have right now and her uh, boyfriend does not have a job. She's continually um, supported him. And now they're talking about having a child. And I'm just thinking, I I mean, like everyone that's listening now, like the bells are ringing. It's so obvious, like watch out. Um, But I think that sometimes in our own lives, it, you know, we don't get those bells in the Mm -hmm. same way. That clarity of gosh, what type of, um, you know, entitlement are we creating here? Um, Really something to, you know, to think about. And then it's not a bad thing to have your spouse stay home. Um, There are so many days where I wish that that my husband did because I'm so overwhelmed. But I also know that I don't want that for myself. He doesn't want that. And, um, you know, for our relationship, it's it's not the right thing. But for others, it is. But just understanding what that means, what that means. And and I think that, um, and even for those listening who are already like, okay, I wish I heard this advice like 20 years ago. Um, no, exactly. It's creating agreements. And, and I'll just throw this in because it's the topic where we're on right now. Um, so younger couples creating agreements. I, I, I coach yes. on men, mending and I coach on ending. And when I coach on mending, uh, It's amazing to me that almost all of the couples I work with, they're like, what do you mean agreements, right? And so when you create agreements, and for those of you listening, even uh, beginning to create agreements with your children, right? So, so it's, it's boundaries. It's, it's having some understandings because I think that these things happen because so much is swept under the rug and not spoken about. And then all of a sudden you're in pain, you're angry, you're hurt, you're scared, whatever. And there are no agreements. There's nothing that's been kind of set out as, okay, these are our guidelines for going forward. Yeah. At the same time, I do want to say to those of you who are that high earning female, um, stepping into acceptance of what is, um, understanding your part in it, creating a plan for going forward and actually working with somebody to minimize and diminish um, bitterness or resentment or because that's just not going to serve you. And so yeah. 
you may have a bitter pill to swallow, make sure that you get the support you need so that you can cleanse all of that and find a way. And there are always ways of moving forward, um, grateful for what you have and excited about your future. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, we've covered a lot. Um uh, you mentioned the book, so I want you to be able to speak about that as well as anything yeah. else that you'd like to talk to our audience about. Um, this has been great. We could go on so much on gray divorce and other things, but tell us, tell us about this book and how people can reach you, Stacey. Yeah. So here's a picture of it for anyone that can see. It's called Unveiling the Unspoken Truth and um, the Financial Challenges Women Face During and After Divorce. Um, it is one of the most helpful guides that you can have everything from, um, you know, how do you start to get that information? Um, it even gives information about like on your tax return, how you can find assets, um, gives you wonderful uh, charts that you can use to like fill out all the asset values, things that maybe you haven't thought about. Also helping for you to get on top of your expenses um, and the best part of it is it also tells you how to get your team, how to find the, the best financial advisor that specializes in high conflict and, and um, complex, same thing with lawyers. Um, and the best part is that it shares the story of other women who have walked in your shoes, have gone through divorce, and their wonderful nuggets of wisdom and learning that they want to impart. And so you can go to our website, www.francisfinancial.com. You'll see this is right on the website. Just click on it and we'll send you um, an electronic copy. There's no cost. And I have to tell you whether you're thinking about or going through or even post-divorce, it's it's a fabulous resource. It, it really is. Yeah, it's a great book. It's got so much phenomenal content in it. So definitely grab a copy of that. Um, Stacy is uh, my favorite, one of one of the most um, wise and experienced financial planners that and advisors that I work with. And so if this is your situation, I just strongly encourage you to reach out to her team. Um, do a consult, find out uh, what you need to know and how they can support you. It will make a world of difference as you go forward in your divorce. Yeah, and no, thank, thank you, you Stacey. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I us appreciate it. This was an amazing opportunity. And um, I will tell you, a big part of my day is just on the phone chatting with people and brainstorming. And uh, actually, a lady from your podcast reached out to me yesterday, and um, it was fabulous. And in it doesn't look like she needs to uh, work with us, but I was able to give her some great tips and she, cause she's actually an MBA and a financial advisor uh, as well, but she, this isn't her specialty. And so we had just such a great conversation. It's the highlight of my day. So feel free, anyone who wants to reach out, there's no cost and um, we can brainstorm and make sure you have all the resources that, that you need. Beautiful. We'll be back again with another episode real soon. You folks have a great day. Joe and their spouse always seemed to be fighting, but nothing was ever resolved. Their spouse would constantly blame them, unwilling to take any responsibility. Joe lived in the tension of walking on eggshells, 
doubting themselves, and over time, they became unhinged, angry, and triggered, struggling further with shame and self-condemnation. Their reactivity was used as proof that they were the problem. If you're in a relationship or marriage filled with conflict and blame, and you're wondering, is this normal or could it be toxic? Take the quiz and find out how toxic your relationship is. Go to journeybeyonddivorce.com backslash toxic quiz and find out today. for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.